Welcome everybody to a night podcast at WFTV Rose Hill. I'm Mir Gori, joined by Alvin Halimanjaya as well as Emmanuel Burbari. And you know, guys, um, this is weird. This is really weird. What are we doing here? It's Friday night. Do we have anything to do? This. This is what we have to do. Pick and pod right. all the day long. The fact that Berber says that tells me I'm I'm in serious trouble when I get home. Look, but <laughs> anyways, anyways, guys, I want to get this show on the road because the first thing I want to talk about as a Knicks fan is, guys, the Knicks. Wow. Now, I know last time I said that, it was December of last year. The Knicks were third in the East, and then Phil Jackson went on a rant. But Phil Jackson is not around anymore, at least on the Knicks. And uh, Knicks look good. So, you know, the things that we're going to be talking about today is mainly just focusing on Knicks. Sorry, Nets. I'm going to touch it up on a second. Um, And then, obviously, you know, Kevin Durant, Celtics, and all the just what we thought about this past week and the upcoming week. But let's start out with the Knicks. E-Man, I want to hear from you first on this one. What did you think of the Knicks? First couple games, well, they started 0-3, so there's nothing really to say about that. The past week. The The past past week, week, what I was going to say is... Heading into the week, I kind of had some cautious optimism, you know. The the Knicks were showing some promise. The Knicks were showing that they could potentially be a team that outperformed expectations this year. This week, they showed me a lot. And it was not only the fight they put up against the Cavs, and of course they blew that game, but the fight they put up until the end, showing they can hang with the best in the Eastern Conference. It was the fact that after that loss to the Cavs, they bounced back with that win against the Jazz. That shows a lot of resiliency. Um. I wasn't big on I wasn't big on the Knicks Cavs get like they did a good job for probably I'd say around three quarters. Then it was yeah to me it was like definitely attested to the fact that they're they're far from ready to that they like blew this lead. I think that was more coaching though. I thought the Knicks played really well for all four quarters. I think it just showed a team that is still gelling. And hey, for all the people that hated on Enos Kanter, now the New Yorkers can't hate on him, right? They can't. Now, everyone, LeBron now, now everyone knows why the Thunder had Enos Kanter. The guy's good. And you know what? I like the fact that he's stepping up for Nilakina, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Nilakina. I and I you know, I'm I'm the, the, the crazy guy who, who said Dennis Smith is gonna win uh, you know, rookie of the year. But, oh, I'm about that. But but you know, still, yeah, even if Ben Simmons plays continues to play at the rate he's playing and wins it, I still think Dennis Smith on a on an average year, like last year for example, would win it because I feel like he's he's Absolutely. he's just getting going. But let me ask you this. Do you think that the Knicks have a good coaching staff around them and that's why they are playing better and better and better? Or do you think it's simply the fact that Carmelo is gone and Przingis is coming into his own? Let me get to Alvin on this sure. one first. Um, I just well, I think my like I have a very simple opinion on that, and that that is if Przingis was not on the team, they wouldn't have a win. No, I'm saying. So, do you think it's Przingis is coming to his own and Carmelo is gone, or do you think it's the coaching staff that has done a fantastic job? Oh, definitely Przingis and Carmelo leaving. Like Przingis has definitely stepped into. That level, that player that we all thought he could be, but um, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's the coaching staff. Like Jeff Hornacek's a fine coach; he's not great. I mean, he had that really good year with the Suns. Yeah, that was that one year before they started messing around with their roster, and now they they're a joke. Yeah, ever since then, he's really he really hasn't ever performed up to expectations in the season. So 
I would definitely attribute it to like that's Christoph's actually, rise. That's very accurate. When they had to, when they had to tank, he led them almost to the playoffs. Then the second year was in when they needed to absolutely tank. He got them to the into the almost into the playoffs, and then Bledsoe tore his meniscus. So that's not on him. Yeah, and then when they were like, "Okay, guys, too. let's let's put Brandon Knight in, Isaiah Thomas, let's trade Koran Dragic, and build around this core of, of of guards, and let's make the playoffs." They proceeded to be absolutely terrible. Anyway, Berbers, Knicks. I'm not a huge Hornacek guy. He reminds me a lot of Mike D'Antoni, offensive-minded coach, and I don't like those kind of coaches. But the Knicks defense has been okay. Not to say they haven't, but I'm saying he reminds me. You're just saying he's of that kind of He's he's of that, yeah, exactly. So – well, I mean, there are not a lot of defensive coaches anymore. Any no, regardless no. Of the NBA. Granted, I'm just saying what he reminds me of. Speaking of the Knicks, I don't think it's a matter of. I think it's a matter of rather the bad coaching that lost the Cavs game. You saw Ennis Cantor not play the final what was it seven minutes of the game. You basically saw them rest on their laurels up 15 in the third quarter. Didn't put that game away when they had a chance to put that game away. And when you have those bad coaching moves and you start resting people against a team like the Cavs. Your, your depth is going to get exposed, and the Knicks don't have all that much depth right now. All right. That, that's what I, separates them from the I, Cavs, of course. I'm really sorry. I didn't introduce our, our, our fabulous and wonderful. He's, he's honestly, I, I act like I play favorites. I just, I just really like him. Jackson Heil is our producer. He has something to say. Yeah, I, I, I got to get in on this one just because other than the fact that Hornacek is an offensive coach, I really don't see like any similarities between the two. Well, I, I just want I just want you to expand on this because I, I want I want to hear where you're coming from. All right, Knicks wise, Mike D'Antoni coached the Knicks. That's why he's going to remind me of him and his relationship with Carmelo, <laughs> <laughs> and also that Hornacek coached the Suns before. E- even him. yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's like the only two. That's like the only two comparisons. No, no, no. no. There are more are comparisons. They the same height when the, when the Knicks maybe? were winning games early last year with the combination of Rose and Melo and Noah and and the combination that clearly didn't work. They were winning games like one twenty to one fifteen. You're not going to win like that, especially when you're not all that talented of a team. So the fact that he likes to run up the score offensively and it doesn't isn't really defensive minded, that that's not something that bodes well in my mind. Yes, but the, my, my just my thing is, D'Antoni's style was chuck shots to the high heavens and take as many as you can and hope they go in and kind of just outshoot your opponent. Yeah, seven seconds or less. Yeah, exactly. But I I feel like Hornacek's much more of a sl- kind of slow things down and. Just to kind of go defense in defense of Hornacek, you saw the way they played defensively against the Cavs in the first half. Dominant, absolutely dominant, and that that's just that's just my point. Yeah, I made the comparison. I I, I think it holds true, but I think it was more not the offensive minded coaching, but his substitutions down the stretch that cost the next. So Alvin, I me- actually think that the problem with the with the breakdown against the Cavs was there was just that that during that run. When LeBron would just drive into the paint, everyone would converge on him. So that's why they had like multiple threes from JR, had one from Wade, Kyle Korver went off. And like, I know it's LeBron, but still, you don't have to, not all five players have to suck into the paint to yeah, try that's to stop strat- him. Exactly. And that's what I was going to ask. That strategy always fails when you just, you, you just focus on shutting down one player on a, on a good team. Then, then the 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 rest of the players will pick it up, especially if you have LeBron. Whereas the Thunder last year, which weren't a good team, and and everybody just knew if they shut down Russ, then it's over. 
that's what ended up working, and that's why the Cavs, you know, are 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 still a good team, even though the record doesn't indicate. So, I just to close out the 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 New York metro area segment on the NBA. Um, D'Angelo Russell is out um, with with arthroscopic knee surgery. Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, th- this was like news just about a few days ago that he was going to be out for an extended period of time, and you know, it, it's it sucks and it's unfortunate. But you know, he'll he'll be back next year, and his his game is not predominant like pr- predominantly focused on his athleticism. He's going to be okay. But I do want to make one final joke as we transition is. I think that the D'Antoni seven seconds or less is obsolete now. It's ninety five or bust for half. You know, like I mean, that's <laughs> that is that is the the most D'Antoni thing. It's it's more D'Antoni than D'Antoni. I feel. And about Russell, the Knicks and Nets are both rebuilding teams, and it just shows when one key piece goes down. Yeah, it's not exactly. Gonna be a good I mean, year. look at the Knicks when so, when Porzingis was yeah, out. Well, they if lost Porzingis the is out, they do not win a game. Yeah, yeah I, they're 0-2, right? No, I think Porzingis this year is going to be the difference. His health for a full He's season most improved. Yeah, will He's be the difference between a 40-win Knicks team and a 15-20 win Knicks team. I just think it's a shame that Russell I, ca- went, that Russell's out now because, like, the first, like, week or two of the season, like, obviously now, like, lately he hasn't been, like, a most improved favorite, but throughout this early season, he's really yeah. Showed, Russell did look good. He's yeah, really it's a showed like the benefit of like getting out from that spotlight. Of yeah, LA change and... the scenery. You know, the the thing is with the Knicks. Just lastly, I, I really I I watched them first three minutes and that horror. I I hate watching when Knicks and Thunder play. It's just it feels like a conflict of interest for me. And within the first three minutes, I saw how Courtney Lee was leaving leading the team. And I could tell this is going to be a different year for the Knicks, as well as for the Thunder. It's so, a different team. They're cohesive. So speaking of things that are different and are not what they were, Kevin Durant yesterday, uh, I think he decided to to just continue to talk about his ex, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, for all of you who don't know, Kevin Durant had a, an interview and accepted to do an interview with Bleacher Report um, that was centered around the topic of loyalty. And, you know, before I go on a rant, I would just like to simply say that Kevin Durant craftily, you know, deflects a lot of the blame and and, 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 and wants to say that his decision was not his own. And, and also does this really annoying thing where he complains about how the media is after him. But when Kevin Durant was in Oklahoma City, it was very clear to him and to everyone that Oklahoma City protected him and didn't allow the, the the national media to get after him because he was in Oklahoma City, because that's an important thing to organizations like the Thunder and the Spurs. When he left that, the number one thing that, that Royce Young said, and he's the, the, the beat writer for, for the, the Thunder, um, the beat reporter, sorry, um, he said, you know, the number one thing that Kevin Durant's going to have to adjust to is not the fact that he's going to be on a team that's stacked, but it's going to be the fact that he's no longer having to focus on 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 just like playing his game but he's going to have to start focusing on the people that are going to come after him in the media and i think that that that's come true it has uh, i disagree with I, I disagree with everything durant said oh in, don't in get me wrong i totally did too i disagree with everything he said just look at the title when when espn picked it up that blue is going to be in my blood forever wrong yeah, you go you go down to the Maybe bottom. The Warriors blue. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go Get down that ring. You, you go down to the bottom, and he says, "If I was on my deathbed, I guarantee you, Sam Presti and Russell Westbrook would come check." Oh, on that me. was my favorite part. So that I'm was, going to look at it that there. way rather than the other way. Quote. 
No, they wouldn't come to you, first of all. Well, I and, think that's... And second I of think, all, why are you thinking, like, this I guy has he, problems. I, I, yeah, like, it's it's obvious. Like, I, I don't want to go into debating on whether people will, will visit him on his deathbed. But the point is, the fact that he needs to mention that is is really sad. It has an, it, it, it's it an has issue very, with him. Yeah, and Alvin, what do you think? Because because when we talked off air, you were, you were pretty okay with the... the I'm... In general, fine with Kevin Durant. He made he made a decision. Uh, in general, I think his decision was a little like I guess you could call like it's definitely a little weird, but mm, to just move to the team that beat you. But uh, lo, like I I just don't ha- I don't really have a problem with it. Durant's ha- Durant's never really been a person that invited scandal. And like when I read the interview, I think him taking shots at the NBA. Wait one second. You said that Kevin Durant. Never invited scandal. I don't know. I just can't really remember him being like a problem player. He's always well, like has, has the, such a great reputation. But that's kind in of OKC. my. But that's kind of my point. The fact since he's left, don't you feel like he's different? That he's exposed now. Do you feel like? I don't. Th- uh, I just think that he's because been I mean the, the shots. Yeah. Well, he's he's he definitely be. been villainized. Yes. Yes. And All just, right, Justin, just, just, to, just to add on top of this. I'm not sure if you guys saw, but th- this came out the other day that Durant said he wasn't a leader himself, and he said that Steph Curry was the actual leader of the Warriors, and he said, I, Durant basically said, I can't lead for my life, and I think that's the most coward move I've ever seen. And, and, that and, is, and now he's saying that when people, he was leading the Thunder for if, years. If people forget this, at, uh, right after he got to the Warriors, he said, basketball is fun again because... The outcome is not the important, th- the most important thing anymore. And my whole point to that is, if the outcome of the game is not the most important thing anymore, then why do people go pay you millions of dollars in branding, as well as as well as 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 salary, you know, salary for for playing? Because people love seeing the Harlem Globetrotters, but the reason why the NBA is more prestigious now than the Harlem Globetrotters is because it's results-oriented on a win and loss scale. It's not about how funny or how sexy or how how uh, uh, ludicrous or exuberant the action on the court is. What do you guys think? That's any professional sport. Results-oriented, and that's why you get paid, and I'm sure Alvin can agree with that. That's fair. And, yeah, it's it's completely fair, and when you look at... What Durant did, going beyond the fact that that's a ridiculous statement that the results don't matter anymore, he wouldn't have gone to Golden State if the results didn't matter anymore because he wanted results. And if results truly didn't matter, OKC would be the perfect place for him. You have the whole city behind you. You could just go win 15 games every year, put up 35 points, uh, do 360 dunks, and no one cares whether you win or lose, so just stay with OKC. Because I don't want to just focus on the Thunder for this podcast, I'm just going to say the last thing, and and, and just let me do this off, but I'm sorry. Um, the reason why Kevin Durant has gotten so much flack and the reason why people need to also understand that his move was different than, than typical moves was from, from another city is not because of how he handled it and how the Oklahoma City Thunder have just not even talked about him since he left. It's, it's the simple fact that this was an expansion team. He had a free market. In Oklahoma City, there was nothing competing against them except for the Oklahoma Sooners. And during that time, the Oklahoma Sooner football team was not doing well when the Oklahoma City Thunder first showed up. And Kevin Durant built up a city. He really did. And people loved him. People nurtured him. As he said, I grew up in Oklahoma City. They protected him. They gave him everything. And him leaving took 
the 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 kind of the innocence out of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and 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 the the organization went from being a family organization to a business organization because they realized that Kevin Durant pulled the business card on them, and they said, okay, all right, fine, and and he left, and they've adjusted since then. Now, thankfully, Russell Westbrook is still there, and Russell Westbrook still kind of holds the kind of values that that Oklahoma City, the organization, and the the city as the community as a whole wanted in Kevin Durant have found in Russell Westbrook, and I think it's even better with Russell Westbrook because he's way more showy about how loyal he is. Um, so, you know, that's the last thing I, I just want to say about the Thunder. I, I know this this can't be a Thunder pod as much as I'd love to get into all the nitty gritty details about <laughs> just the whole what has happened since. Um, but, you know, guys, we, we've got to absolutely talk about the Celtics. Um, Alvin, I, I don't know if you watched the, the whole game, but what did you feel about the game, and what do you feel about the Celtics as a whole? I, uh, I watched the second half, so I was just very impressed with how they climbed back from that deficit. And early in the third, my one of the things that stood out to me was early in the third quarter um, when the announcers were saying that um, the Golden State Warriors had just had a ridiculous like margin had a ridiculous uh, margin or like point difference in the third yeah, the quarter. Point they would outscore tons of teams. They would outscore every team by a ton of points, and the Celtics really just held their own in there and fought back slowly throughout the third quarter. And I think that's really a testament to their system. Like in general, their winning streak. I think this is a very good statement win because Kyrie Irving led them down the stretch. Jalen Brown, um, Jason Tatum, excellent. Uh, Marcus Excellent Smart defenders. Marcus Smart and incre- I read this amazing. I read this great article on CBS Sports about Marcus Smart. How even though he's a horrible shooter, the Celtics' offense is so much better when he's on the floor. Yes, because he facilitates. Yeah, it's incre- It's incredible to see him like thrive even with his horrible shot in that yeah. offense. Yeah, because he's he's kind of like that old school point guard, like a like a Chris Paul. Obviously not to the same level, yeah. but that kind of floor general type. Yeah, floor E-man. general completely. You look at his line last night, he played 31 minutes, 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3, 7 rebounds though, 3 assists, 2 steals, only 1 point. But what and you, he really helped the Celtics in that game. So what do you think then about the Celtics after last night and just kind of this whole streak? I really like them as a team. I think it's crazy that they're doing this without Gordon Hayward, and that piece is missing, and they're still doing this. I'm very excited still to see them with threat. Gordon Hayward. I, I, I'm so excited, especially if LeBron leaves the East with Gordon Hayward, what this team's going to be for many years to come. But overall, top to bottom, I love looking at this point spread uh, yesterday. You have Horford, Morris, Tatum, Irving, Brown, and the point spread is 18, 12, 12, 16, 22. It's not about one guy. It, it, it's, it's all about the team. That's a true Brad Stevens product. Brad Stevens is a great coach, and he molds people together, and that Celtics team is just perfect for each other, and it's showing right now. Also, small detail, small quick details, Jackson, before you get into it. Marcus Smart, with his, hor- with his horrible shooting night, still plus 15, and I know, like, plus minus, like, has been, isn't as important as it was, but... It's it's pretty like plus fifteen still pretty good. It is. Yeah, and just to chime in here, Brad Stevens has literally everything he could possibly want on this team because he's a guy who loves to win in that nitty gritty style that we see. I mean, part of the reason he loved Jay Crowder was because of the way he played. And now he has three perimeter defenders in Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum, all who are young and all who are can really defend anyone. You saw last night, Steph Curry was bottled up for most of the night. And they kept Clay Thompson in check as well. And also Tatum and Brown did a nice job combining on Kevin Durant. 
and that's kind of my point as as I, I kind of go veer away from the Celtics and, and, and focus on the Warriors a little bit. The national media always wants to go for what is sexy, right, and what sells. And I, and I get that. I, I absolutely understand that. But what made the Warriors great before Kevin Durant showed up, before uh, Steve Kerr showed up, was this idea of having a, a disciplined team that was different, disciplined in the front court and back court and, and made disciplined decisions. And and since they've been winning, that that obviously that discipline has waned because you know you go into the the the, the side of confidence and arrogance and and you know we've seen that you know come up with the Warriors and they've gone on bad stretches but they always come back because they have such a great system. But the thing that Steve Kerr brought to the Warriors that made them so exceptionally great in my eyes was they made them an incredibly efficient defense and they were the number one defense for two years in a row. And I think the reason why the Warriors, in my eyes, even with Kevin Durant, although Kevin Durant has made them better, I don't think that the Warriors as a whole are as cohesive or as good of a team as they once were when they won, uh, when they were going on that stretch and they had the the most regular season wins in in NBA, in NBA history because they don't have the same defense. And I think that Kevin Durant, they need to find Steve Kerr needs to find a way to make Kevin Durant more of a focal point on the defense and help out Draymond a little bit because I feel like Clay is is and Draymond cannot carry the defense at the level that they're carrying it because Iguodala's defense is waning because he's aging. They've also had to replace a few players from that original roster that that made them such a great defense. I just think they need to retool a little bit and they'll be back to being the Warriors because I think right now they're the Warriors but they're not, you know, like what they were 2 years ago. I definitely uh, I would have to disagree with that because uh, right, obviously, right now their moment, like the Warriors are not real. Well, they're not. I'm really, not worried. I'm, what I, okay, they're not me, like supernova. But well, I'm I not di- worried about them. I'm I'm simply saying like this. That was just my takeaway from last night. That's fair. Uh, I just think like they're just not. They're not in the be- They're not playing as well as they did at the end of last season or in last year's playoffs. But I would definitely say that Kevin Durant has become a focal part of their has become such an important part of of their defense because he has I think one of the skills he's learned in Golden State is to be a rim protector. We saw that throughout the season. Yeah, later because... last season he really grew into that role and in that small ball lineup if you notice like Draymond's facilitating as a big man, but Kevin Durant's in there as the small ball five protecting the paint. Yeah, because Kevin Durant was such an elite help defender in Oklahoma City, but now he's become a rim protector. So, E-Man, what do you think of that? I was proven completely wrong last year when I thought Durant coming in would hurt the Warriors. <laughs> the, I mean, they steamrolled everybody. Them. They steamrolled the playoffs. I thought Durant coming in, there's one ball. How many shots can go around? How's this going to work? I'm not well, that, sure yeah. if it's going to work. They proved that's me just, wrong. That's just a testament to their culture. It, it is a testament yeah, yeah, to their culture. Is. And I, I give them a lot of unfortunately, credit for, I have to admit that. for how it turned out. But I personally loved the Warriors when it was originally Steph play Draymond. And yeah, it, it felt more organic. It, it felt more organic. And they were more efficient. They were less sloppy. And now it's rearing its ugly head. What yeah, arrogance there is, and, yeah, there is a little bit of arrogance can do to you. But I, I'm still not too worried about the Warriors. No, they're, no, they're I'm, in a great position. In no but, way am I saying that that I'm worried. I'm 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 just simply saying I think the the blueprint that they had for the past two the because the blueprint that they've had is still kind of the same as the one that they had before Kevin Durant, and they need. 
I think last year was integrated. They needed to integrate Kevin Durant into the Iguodala role of two years ago, right when they won their first championship. Definitely. But now they they need to make Kevin Durant more of a focal point because it's you know it's Kevin freaking Durant. You know, I mean, come on, like he he's such an amazing player, and you know whether I think that he's riding along to win the championships or not, the point is. He can. He, the reason why the Warriors got him was because it could destroy the Thunder and it could make them completely unreachable by any other team. Because by getting Kevin Durant, because they clearly were not the better team two years ago against the Thunder. The Thunder were clearly up three one. It was very obvious that it kind of, kind of Kevin Durant kind of threw the the, the series in a way. You know, at I don't the end know of the if game. it was clear. Oh, it was. It was. There were. There were. They, many. I, I'd say they were very the evenly. Series? Ma- I'd say they yeah, were very. I mean, they were, I'd say they were yeah. just evenly matched. Hold, hold on, Durant yeah. threw that series. Yeah, yeah. When you go up three one and you on start- a seventy three win team. Yeah, you, you and and, and, yeah, and I think you're underestimating you're how good that Warriors you're team was. Like Eman, you're up the Warriors 3-1. were up three yes. one and they lost to Cleveland. The Warriors could come back against no, anyone. But, no, but but down three one. But the but the thing is, the yeah. Warriors. The in my eyes, the Warriors deserved to win that title. It was because of the suspension of Draymond. So I don't I don't think that that example of saying the Warriors lost a three one lead is fair because they had LeBron. You know pull the card to, to get Draymond out of that game. And that's what made the, the Warriors win. Because I think the most critical player on the Warriors team is not Steph Curry, is not Kevin Durant, is definitely Draymond Green. The Cavs won that series for two reasons. Draymond was gone one. Well, that, and, and, that's no, 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 fundamental. No, 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 no let, me, let me rank them in order. Draymond was gone two. The number one reason is because LeBron and Kyrie had games of their lives in games five, LeBron six, and seven. LeBron had a series but of let me ask yes. you this. Let me ask you this. If Draymond, if Draymond were in that game, would they have... Would they have Maybe. Won? No, 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 you got to give me an answer. I can't give you a definitive no, answer. No, in your opinion, in your opinion. In my opinion, they wouldn't have won the series, but it would have gone seven. Because games five and That's six. That's my point, though. Games to, f- to the Warriors, they, the Warriors the were such a good team. The momentum would have been different. The Warriors were such a good team that there was no way the Warriors would have given up a 3-1 lead, in my eyes. Unless there was something crazy, like LeBron pulling that card. Durant did not throw the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I, I my, think... Well, I watched that full game. I've watched Kevin Durant since he was in high school. That's just my opinion. But, Jack, like, First, I was going to talk about the finals, but yeah, he didn't fun. intentionally throw the conference finals. Okay. You cannot say that. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want this to be a Thunder podcast. I because of just it's a national me, podcast. Just though. knowing that Draymond Green and Kevin Durant were hanging out during the Western Conference Finals, the 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 three one lead, the incident between Stephen Adams and Draymond was not good. Then the the suddenly Kevin Durant starts missing free throws, starts throwing uh, turnovers in addition to Russell Westbrook throwing up turnovers in the fourth quarter. And they in had three the number, straight, they had a top three, ranked defense in, in three straight games. But the thing is, is that if they had the top ranked defense, then and the Thunder were not as on uh, on the level of the Warriors, they would not have gone up three one on the Warriors. One, one the point, point is, is that there was a level of execution. That, that was not evident. And then at the end of the game seven, Kevin Durant came alive to, in a way, try to save the series. And obviously it was too late. And it was very evident to everyone. It was very evident to everyone. I, I don't think you guys remember the series very well. And let me see if you guys don't <laughs> want to take my word for it. Stephen A. Smith even went on about this because there was this level of, of urgency that was not shown by Kevin Durant. It's a conspiracy. It might be a conspiracy. It might be a conspiracy. But like, when you watch Kevin Durant as regularly as I did, 
That is just my theory. It can be biased. I understand if you want to say that. A ton of That's people will opinion. also say LeBron threw the fu- the Eastern Conference Finals in 2010. Yeah, there are a lot of Miami. Be- yeah, that but there of- but there are a lot of people who say my my that. my, my point is that's not crazy. What incentive does Durant have to throw that series? You no well, evidently, 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 from what he had been saying when he left was that he had been kind of they they had been recruiting him since the the World Championships in 2014. He had been hanging out with Draymond during that Western Conference Finals. Anyway, we need we need to we need to get off of this topic. <laughs> we can we can agree it, to disagree. It's fine, it's I'm fine. totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that because I understand that my views might be might be biased and appear biased. I understand that. Going forward, what are your thoughts for next week? Alvin, you can go first. Next week. Um just give me a team that you guys think uh, I want to look more. I haven't really been pay, been paying attention to the Bucks lately because of everything else that's going on. But I want to see how Bledsoe helps uh, Giannis pro- most likely. They looked pretty good last yeah, week. I want to so. see if the I always every week I'm looking to see when how long the Pistons are going to keep this up. The Pistons and the Ma- well, the that's Magic are fading, but Magic are like eighth, I think, right now. But like the Pistons are playing great. The Pistons and I really are ten and four. How long they can keep this off? up? Yeah, when are they going to level off so the Thunder can trade for Ish Smith? That's my hopes. I <laughs> can oh, get him back. <laughs> but uh, my team of the the to look out for actually um, are the Thunder or whoever is the winner of tonight because I think the winner of the Spurs and Thunder tonight is going to go on a little bit of a run because you know if the Spurs win keep going the way they are going against a, a good Thunder team that's finally gelling um, and and you know they do that without Kawhi. Um, I think that that bodes really well for the Spurs. And if the Thunder play well today, uh, tonight, then, you know, obviously, you know, it looks good for the Thunder going forward. Premier Gori, Alvin Homajaya, and Emmanuel Burbati, this is Pick and Pod. See you guys next week. Thank you.